Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And, yeah, we had a couple of days that we had to kind of handle our respective business, but we are back live. And we are pleased to welcome the founder of Youth Connection. Charles Morse, and I know I don't have that exactly right, so get us straight. Good morning, Mr. Morse. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's Youth Central Connection, correct? Correct. It's Youth Central Connection. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us what, uh, you know, was the catalyst for you to start Youth Central Connection. Well, I'm not quite sure where you want me to start, but um, I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, for whatever reason, all of my life I've been uh, mentoring our youth. And when I was uh, back in Orange County, we started Orange TV. And so while I was there for a period of 11 years or so, my goal was to make sure that uh, we covered the youth and the community. And uh, I, sh- I had several shows that pertained to, uh, there was a show called B, actually there was two shows called Be Positive, which was a summit, uh, youth summit that uh, we did for 10 years that was um, on air. There was a sit-down show that was for 30 minutes that we highlighted anybody who had a program that pertained to the community and the kids. But the summit was a show in which we would, you know, invite the kids, panelists, and we covered everything from A to Z. And we had everybody from the school board, the sheriff department, the police department, the SAFE program, the Urban League, and whatever was the hot topic, that's what we covered with the summit. So that's how I started Youth Central Connection back in 2003. I was blessed enough to have someone who was, like, really smart, who was able to fill out the work for, for Youth Central to become a 501c3. And how it all started with the Youth Summit that I started was um, – Again, um, skipping over something. What people don't know and what you may not know is back in the late 90s, Orlando and Owens County was leading the country. 
um, uh, let me say it again, it was leading the country in heroin death. Kids were dying. People were dying from, 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 from shooting up, and they had a lot of rave parties downtown. So Mel Martinez at the time was the Orange County chairman. They didn't call it the mayor back then. Uh, it was called the chairman. So he hired a guy that I worked very closely with by the name of Bob Piccolo. He was hired as called the drug czar. So he started, which is now going on, the Orange County Coalition for a Drug-Free Community. With me being part of Orange TV, we started, which was actually this past weekend, going on for over 20 years. It's called a What's My Anti-Drug Karate uh, Youth Summit. And at that, which it started then because we were trying to get kids in middle school and high schools um, to understand the importance of what's an anti-drug. And so that's how we all started with Youth Central Connection. And when I stopped working for um, the county, I continued the summit. I stopped working for the county back in 2005. And so we were off for the last three years because of COVID. But through starting the summit through the Orange County Coalition for a Drug-Free Community, which is still a major sponsor, also the city of Orlando, the sheriff's department, they still sponsored the summit, which took place this past weekend. Uh, We've had numerous guest speakers come in. We've had great workshops over the years. And Youth Central Connection is just another connection where we try to uh, keep the community informed. We, we, we try to help kids, and, and we work with churches, different organizations. And so we've been around for a while doing a lot of different things with a lot of different people. And I'm just, that's just a smidget of what we've been doing since, uh, well, we started this, the summit back around 2001, but I established, started Youth Central back in 2002, and we, be, we became official in 2003 when the government stamped us and said, you're now officially a 501c3. So I hope I covered it for you. That's a small smidget of it. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's a start. Um, so what do, do you have paid people? Do you have volunteers? And exactly what do they do with Youth Central Connection? Well, well, what we do mainly uh, is that we focus on, like, for an example, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a few things that come under Youth Central, and it's a small nonprofit, volunteers. And a lot of times we volunteer because I work with a lot of the churches and I work with the schools over, uh, over the years. And so we've gone out to, I've worked very closely um, since the 80s, not like I used to, but I was very involved with Jones High School. I was very involved with Evans High School, uh, Oak Ridge High High School. And back when I was with Orange TV, um, we did so many things in reference to the, the, the kids, and I can't emphasize it enough. Uh, they don't do those things anymore for whatever reason. I'm not sure. But we used to, one of the biggest pro, 
most watched program in all of Orange TV was the was the Orlando cheerleading competition. And what we did was we covered the Little League football championship that they played back then. They called it the uh, Citrus Bowl, that they had four different leagues, four different age groups, and I made sure that we covered that. We covered the cheerleading competition. Then, back then, which was very important, was that it was called the Orange County Chairman Middle School Championship. So back then, because people don't know when they see Orange County, they don't know that Orange County is totally separate than Orange County Public Schools. They just see Orange County. Totally different. And Orange County Public School is not part of Orange County. That's separate. And so what what they did was it was called the Orange County Chairman Championship, which meant they played volleyball, they played basketball, they played track, and they played soccer. And we emphasized and made that, and I produced all of that, that the middle schools, which I grew up uh, as a jock, and sports was so different back back then. It was just, uh, I mean, I grew up in an era where there was P.E. every day. <laughs> so we had to go to P.E. every day. And I don't know what happened that it's, it's not like it used to be when it comes to sports. Uh, I was just having a conversation, a little sidebar. I was just having a conversation. Uh, I worked very closely with Kat Gordon for many, many, many years. She was one of my favorite fans with uh, Orange, Orange County Public Schools. And working with her since the 90s, uh, she used to come on my show and, 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 and do different things. But I asked this question, and I was talking with my friend Stan Murray, um, who is um, Orange County Sheriff, who's now been, uh, who who is now uh, the Eatonville Chief of Police. He'll be starting that real soon. And I've asked this question on numerous occasions. And I asked the question, what happened when I was in school when the teachers didn't have to spend their money, when they didn't have to buy all these supplies and all these different things that they now have to do when it comes to the schools? And even though they answer me, I still don't understand the answer of what the answer is and why. (laughs) I just... But in, in, in saying that, when we started the, the Orange County uh, uh, mayor with the volleyball, the soft, I mean, not the softball, but the soccer and the basketball and the track, it was so important for these kids. And just the fact that they got a chance to see themselves, and it was a, a, a real live television crew out there with at least four cameras, and we interviewed the, the, the kids, we interviewed the, the, the fans, we interviewed the coaches, and they got a chance to, to watch themselves on TV. And that was all part of, of just coming together as part of the mentoring, which is part of what Youth Central does and what we've always been doing. It's only about maybe four of us total, and no one gets paid. We volunteer, and we do what we need to do, and it's really not about youth central. It's about what needs to be done. 
like for an example, I'm not. I, I don't know if, if you really know sports very very well, but there was a gentleman by the name of Lynn Lynn Bias. Uh, we're going way back, and Lynn Bias was drafted by the Boston Celtics, and, and a couple of days later, Lynn Bias was 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 dead from um, cocaine use. And it was a big story because he was like right up there with Michael Jordan. He was supposed to be coming into the league, and him and Michael was supposed to be like you know head on you know like the two top players during that era. And unfortunately, you know that tragic happened. And so some years went by, and because of again what we do in bringing in speakers, we we brought in Lynn Bias's mother who had a very powerful message, um, you know, you know, for the kids. And I was just looking at her video because News 13 featured, actually News 13 has featured the summit on, on numerous occasions, but she gave a very powerful interview while she was here for the summit, and she talked about how tragically, you know, that happened. And what what a lot of people don't know is that she also lost her her other son, so she got two sons that's buried side by side. And and I mean I'm not a mother, but I can I I can't imagine losing losing your you know your your two children. But we uh, I've worked very closely. Um, Youth Central Connection had partnered with Midnight Basketball, which was uh, under Vince Carter Sr. A lot of people know Vince Carter, the basketball player where his father was also a major part of Youth Central Connection for very many years until he moved away and started coaching uh, in Tennessee, and he's now in Georgia. But he's still, I still consider him part of Youth Central Connection because we did a radio show, I mean, actually we did a radio show and an Internet TV show called Youth Central Sports. We did that for about six or seven years, and we were actually – very active in that show, Youth Central Sports, until uh, Vince uh, caught COVID, and we never really picked back up because he, he had a hard time with COVID, and we never did pick back up after he recovered from, from COVID. But Vince Carter Sr. Uh, was was a major part of uh, Youth Central Connection. And what people need to understand, because me, when you get me started talking about our kids and what's going on, I work very closely with a, a gentleman that you probably should talk to who I think has one of the most powerful, most, I, I, I can't even put it into words, but he's a frat brother. His name is Haki Nkrumah. He has a program that I work with called Young Fathers of Central Florida. He's another gentleman that you should talk to because we have worked very closely with him for many years. And he worked with young fathers as young as 12 years old uh, on up to about 27. And so he, yeah, so he, so he has been part of it. I've been a part of his program. So it's all about the, the issues and the problems that we face now because we've broken down, um, as as a um, as as a culture, and we we've we're failing, and I say it, we're failing the generation that's up and coming. So we need to do better. And I grew up in an era in which things were so different. And I have this conversation all the time. And I was just talking with Stan Murray, who was at my 
event this past Saturday. And I told him, I said, uh, Stan, I said, do you remember when you told me about two years ago about how out of touch I am? And he laughed at me because we were sitting there and I was bringing up a situation that, that was national news where I think there was well over 100, I think they call it a, 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 a mob, not a, when they come together and they do something, like for an example, they raided the store, and that was like well over 100 people. And Stan was laughing at me because I was saying, how do you get 100 people to decide to just go and do something crazy like that? And he looked at me like, Charles, that's very common because he was talking about how they, they organize themselves over the Internet and how this thing has changed and all this madness that take place because I'm trying to put myself in their shoes and I'm trying to say I can't phantom somebody talking to me and doing something that crazy. And he's saying that's because you're out of touch. And I'm like, I don't mean to be, but that's crazy to me in the sense that you have so many people that can can decide to come together to do something so crazy that I consider crazy, but I guess it's the norm. But I, I say all of that to say that we're living in a culture in a society because one of the things that I tried to emphasize through Youth Central Connection at the event was that uh, there was uh, well over 100 people there. And, and I asked the question. I said, do we have any grandmothers here? Because I – the generation now is a little different. So I can relate to the older, you know, uh, like, you know, the older people there in reference to how I grew up. And so I asked for a grandmother or a grandparent to come up and I asked the question, what do you see as one of the biggest challenges raising kids nowadays? And all I was trying to do was emphasize how the village has broken down and how God intended it to be the village, and how without the village we now have these major problems because we can't do it without each other and holding each other accountable. But our culture and our society don't want that anymore, you know. And I can go on and on. I can tell you a thousand things in reference to what I experienced, my own personal thoughts and, and, and what I've gone through when – Example, when the teacher spend, spend more time uh, disciplining the children versus teaching and our inability to understand, we act as if the educators are second-class citizens. When you think of the most, one of the most important jobs in our culture are educators, but that's not how we talk about them. They form and shape our country, they are the ones who set the tone of who we're going to be. But that's not how we treat them. That's not how we pay them. That's not how we talk about them. And so it's kind of like, oh, you're an educator. No. And I say that that's a calling because in order to be an educator, you have to have something in your heart and in your spirit. And everybody who's ever gone to school can testify to those who are called to teach or those who are just there picking up a check because it makes a difference because I can, I've been out of school for a very long time and I can name my first grade teacher on up 
to my 12th grade teacher. I can name them all and the ones who've had an impact on me to the day that I die. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But there's a difference now when the teacher can't discipline the student. Or I give you an example, you know, because I can talk about this all day. I can give you an example of when I was at Orange TV, when I did one of my summits, and I told you we covered so many things. I did one of my shows on kids who are suspended and expelled. And so there was a school a school or an organization out of Eatonville that if your child was suspended, you can send them there for the week or the 10 days or however long. So what we did was, you know, went over there. I think I had maybe, I know I had Cat Gordon, and I had maybe two other people from Orange County School Board and somebody else on the on the panel. And then we was in the room with all those that were suspended. So we're going around the room talking to them, share with us your experience, and you always ask the question, why are you here? And so I never will forget this. I went and I was talking to this little girl. She had to be about 14 years old. And I said to her, I said, why did you get suspended? And she said to me, the teacher told me to sit down and shut up. And I will always remember the expression in the room because she said it with that head bobbing and she had that little attitude. And I can tell you just about 95% of the people in the room looked at her like, well, why didn't you just sit down and shut up? But the mere fact that she can have that attitude because as God is my witness, if I if a teacher had to tell me to sit down and shut up, my mother is going to have an issue, not with the teacher. She's going to have an issue with me as in, why does this teacher have to tell you to sit down and shut up? So what happens nowadays is that when you try to discipline, the, 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 when the teacher tries to discipline the student, now the, the parent comes up and takes all the power away from the teacher because she's, he or she is, is, is basically going back and forth in front of the student, which was never seen because you were not allowed to talk or say anything, and therefore you definitely was not going to disrespect that teacher and, at all, but that's not how it is today. So the breakdown of the village is what I'm talking about and what is mm-hmm. needed, and we don't recognize it. And so you can't do this without the village. So Youth Central Connection tries to be part of the village. It's important. We cannot do it by ourselves. I did one of these summits, again, with Youth Central, which is always interesting. Um, My pastor, who works at the jail, and so he said something. And when I say it, some, some people may not understand it, and some people may not agree with it. But I understood it when he said it. And he said, just in general talking, he said, um, um, I, me in the jail, I see a lot of these people, these kids that Mm -hmm. come here because of their mother. I was like, what? 
He said, a lot of these young men in here are here because of their mother. I was like, oh. So I said, we need to do a summit on that. So what I did was, because what I didn't say is that I worked, one of the gentlemen that I worked with for many years is Dr. John Robinson. He's a clinical psychologist here in the area. Mm-hmm. And him being a clinical psychologist, he's, he's uh, also uh, Charles English. Um, Dr. Charles English has passed away. But um, Dr. Robinson has had been on my panel on many occasions, and we have talked about this. And so I had him on the panel. And we wanted to talk about the importance of the balance of understanding um, the role mm-hmm. of having a father figure, uh, having a father figure. And we tried to get them. It could be an uncle. It could be a coach. It could be a neighbor. But you need Uh the father figure as well as the mother figure. You can't do this by yourself. And so if you get a chance, if you get a chance, anybody that's listening, Google what it says about fatherless children. Google it. And you'll see the statistic that comes up. And it will blow you away. And it's high in like 85% this, 80% that, uh, pregnancy, teen dropouts, and the list goes on and on because they don't have that father figure. Mm-hmm. And people don't know how important that is. And so we was trying to touch those, those mothers who's out there thinking that they don't need that father figure. And that's why Young Fathers of Central Florida is so, so, so important. And so with that being said, again, Youth Central Connection is only a place where we try to understand the importance of the village. you have any questions so far? I do, but we're going to take a quick break before we go there because okay. I, I do want to ask your, your perspective on a couple of things. You touched like cursory on a couple of things um, that I, I want to get into. So we're going to talk with Charles Morse of Youth Central Connection. When we come back, if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944, G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. 
Hi, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Mr. Charles Morse of Youth Central Connection, and if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So what, several things crossed my mind when you were talking, but there are some concerns I've had anyway. Um, let's start with one that's not necessarily so heavy, but it's crucial, and that is, we talked about the taking out of PE or the uh, removal or the uh, reducing the amount of PE that they that they have in school. Now, I'm going to tell you, I hated going to PE when I was a kid, uh, except for certain things. There were certain things that they would teach, and I didn't mind those. But for the most part, I wasn't necessarily – I'm more physically active now than I was when I was a kid. Um, but – there's, you know, I think that the officials that make these decisions about taking out physical education of the schools don't make the correlation between that and the fact that we have an issue with kids being, in some cases, morbidly obese. Okay. Oh well, that's that's one of the things. <laughs> it's so funny because we, you know, you know, believe it or not, we have covered a lot of that. Um, in one of my summits, we specifically had a workshop dealing with kids in, in obesity. Um, let me say this because you probably will recognize a couple of the names. Over the years, on many, many, I can't tell you how many events we have done together, and that is Monica May. Monica May used to be mm-hmm. my co-host uh, when I had my show. She has mm-hmm. been uh, my guest in a lot of, of my workshop with the Youth Central Connection in the summits. And I tell this story all the time, and it's true. And I've seen her do this more than once. When I say more than once, I've seen it on several different occasions at my event. Monica works so well with young ladies and the stories that she has to tell and share and, and how she tries to motivate them. But I've seen her do this right in the middle of her workshop. She points out several girls and she tells her staff, I want you to take this one, this one, and this one outside. And I've had her come to me and say, Charles, your event was for these three girls today because she's talking about abuse. So you got these girls that look like they're about maybe between the ages of 10, 12, and 14 years old with abuse. And so when you, when you talk about people who are making decisions, because, see, I grew up and because sports is not like it used to be. It was very more – it was – Sports was like so big back when I was a kid coming up. Um, My father figures were my coaches. And I recently, um, one of my coaches passed about a month ago, and you have to recognize them, and I would tell them all the time. The person who had a, and that's what I meant by the father figures when I did that, um, that workshop with you central, connection in the summit when the pastor was talking about 
just see a lot of these young men coming here because of their mothers. And what he meant by that, it was that he was just talking about not having these young men accountable. They're so spoiled. He said when they come in and they have to fill out the papers, they don't even do it. They just hand it over to their moms. And it's it's a kind of the thing in which there's this coddling thing and they're not being held accountable. And he was And he didn't mean it the way that it sounds. He was just talking about the missing component that he recognized as a father himself and as a man. It's not a knock, but people would take it that way. It needs to be the village. There's a reason why the father has his role, and there's a reason why the mother has her role. And if you don't try, if you don't understand that, then you're cheating yourself and you're cheating your child. But I say that when you were talking about holding the school board members accountable and the decisions that they make. But when they don't understand examples, how I grew up and where I grew up, I know so many of my teammates, without that sports component, they wouldn't have had that father figure. They was the one that was helping us mold and shape us as men because they were there and listened to why, because they wanted to be on the team. And they was touched by the track and the football and the basketball. And then you can get them more into understanding some things because, again, it's a calling. It's a calling if you're called to do it. And a lot of us are put in those positions to affect the lives of so many people in so many ways because that's how it works. That educator is part of the village and that we need because you have to have a certain something in order for you to be able to deal with people and kids in that way. It has to be a calling. It has to be in your heart because that's just how it works. And so when you talk about, well, you didn't like uh, uh, going to PE, that's okay. But there's a lot of us got something out of it because that's just the way it is. That There's nothing like, okay, you in class all day, now you get to go play. Now you get to go and spend that energy. Now you, 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 you know, when you talk about obesity, which is another thing about the fact that Kids don't want to go outside. You know, it's crazy because, you, you know, I tell the story all the time that now when I look back and, you know, I'm from Florida, so I can remember being outside playing all summer long. And when my grandmother would say to me when I was this little kid, I mean, I truly understand it now, but I did not understand it then. We would be out there playing in June and July and August, and she would always yell at us, in a way, y'all better come out there, y'all going to have a heat stroke. Nobody knew what she was talking about. I do now, though. <laughs> but as a kid, I didn't know what my grandmother was talking about coming in from out of the sun, about having a heat stroke. And, of course, you know, we, you then heard the story a thousand times where you just ran over there and got some uh, water out of that, that, that hose. And the only thing that brought us in was when it started lightning. That was the only time when it when it started thundering and lightning. Oh, you ran in the house and you just sitting there looking through the window, waiting for it to stop raining and, and thundering lightning, so you can go back outside and play. 
but that's not how it is now. And I grew up as a jock. I went to school on a on a basketball scholarship, and I was heavy into sports, and it was in, in my blood from my mom. My mom got me into sports. And I tried coaching. I did coach for a while, but I realized um, I hadn't coached, but I realized I can't coach now. I can't, and it's not the kids. It's me. I can't coach from that standpoint because of the passion I have and how I was taught to play. And I even asked my coach this, the one that I was just talking about who passed away recently. I asked him this about maybe eight, nine years ago. We called him Fox. I said, Fox, I said, can you coach the kids today the way you coached us? He said, man, I'll be on CNN. They they will come and arrest me, man. I can't do No, you can't do that anymore. And so how I was brought up and how I was taught to play, it's just totally different with the mindset of the kids because I find it. See, and when I coach, I, I love to coach girls because they listen and they want to learn. But because these these boys now have so many obstacles that they want to be Steph Curry and all these people without doing the work. <laughs> and they, they think they can do it on the video games. And now they can go out there and, you know. And so th- we could talk about that all day, but it's just interesting because of the passion that you have and what it takes in order for you to excel in a child's mm-hmm. game. It's really simple. But yeah. I, it always go back to the village, um, our inability to understand how important it is to get to know each other, to help each other, and that we should love one another in a manner in which, you know what? My neighbor, which we don't want to know anymore, if my neighbor should be concerned, just like I'm concerned for my neighbor, if I see my neighbor's child doing something wrong, or if if my neighbor see my child doing something wrong, I want my neighbor to say something. You know, because that's the way it's supposed to be. And I should have right. that type of I should have that type of relationship. You know, but that's not I mean we're a lot of us are not and wanna know what's funny is this right here. What's funny is back when I was growing up, it was it was it was it was easy. But now I could be at the store or outside somewhere in the line at the cashier, and you can, like, see a little kid that's ahead of you, and you're making eye contact with the kid, and you want to look, make faces and play, and you be sitting there going, should I try to say play with this kid, or should I, like, should exactly. I just be quiet? I'm saying you be sitting there going, like, where well, something as simple as, like, just, just, like, just want to say hi and just play with the kid with your fingers, and say, hey, and you sitting there thinking, like, should I try to say something? Or this parent going to go, like, crazy on me right now? It's right. just that easy. But then there's some crazy people out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's people are crazy. <laughs> it's sad because you do want to interact with the kid because, you know, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times the kids will just reach out. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've been in the grocery store and the kids right. in the cart. And they're like, hey, hey, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, but, if, you but, but, if, if you say something, you know, you, but, you might get in trouble. If you don't say something, then it's like, you know, why are you snubbing my kid? You know, like, you just don't know. Right. And, and um, 
the, the, it's very, very sad because, you know, people, kids do remember how they were treated, whether or not you are aware that they are watching you or following you or whatever or observing you. They do look and they do remember the, the negative and the positives. So you've got right. to be careful in terms of how you act around these kids. Now, right. the other thing what, I wanted what, to ask, uh-huh. okay. what were you saying? No, I was, I was going to say it is so funny because sometimes when you see kids out and they come up and they say something to you, you'd be like, oh, oh, here's a kid that's sociable. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> or I'm serious. You'd be like, oh. And they're, 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 they're very um, – mannered and, and, and nice and they say thank you and you'd be like oh mm-hmm. okay or you and i got a friend that whenever we like see see kids outside playing it's like we take no hey did you see these kids outside playing today mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like because exactly. it's so regular and it was mm-hmm. because how, how i grew up it's just like when you went past the basketball court it was full it was full and now when you go and you see like outside when you play you know stickball or you play dodgeball or you play hot shot or you you did all these things outside and when you see kids outside doing what you used to do you have to stop and take a moment and look like oh mm-hmm. okay because you don't see it that often and so it's just like, oh, so it's almost like you want to stop and take a picture and and put it on face Facebook. <laughs> right, exactly, because you know, it's like, okay, who raised you? <laughs> I want to talk to them, you know. Yeah. But um, the other concern I have too, I mean, you is in keeping with what you were talking about in terms of physical education, and you know, and before I. I start on this it, it, it wasn't that I wasn't like I like I, you know I jumped rope at home and stuff like that I think it was just there was a lot of things about PE that made me kind of I guess uncomfortable so I just you know I wasn't into it but then there were some good classes and stuff that they had during PE that I came to enjoy but still whether or not the kid likes it or not we know that kids may not like a lot of stuff but you do stuff to help them that they come to appreciate later on. So you can't not do stuff because they don't like it. And and so, but one of the things that I was going to ask you about is the correlation between the lack of physical education or lack of physical engagement or, or interaction or activity that, and the, you know, I think there may be a link between that and the amount of youth violence that we're seeing now and youth that are acting out as adults, meaning that you've seen, and you've seen it, unfortunately on the news where we have young kids, unfortunately young males, unfortunately young black males that are out there killing people doing that. What I consider adult behavior, you know, um, and, and we look at their faces like, Really, what happened so early with that person that they had to turn to do, committing an act? And in some cases, it looks like it's 
in some I don't know if it's just for the fun of it in some cases. I know some of it is has having to do with maybe uh money or or, you know, goods or things that um, unfortunately that they want that don't belong to them and, and uh you know, the, whatever the reason is it's wrong. Period. Yeah, I was so, just having a yeah, I was just having a conversation with my friend Haki, um the Kuma because I was on the phone with someone and we was kind of having this conversation because uh, it, 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 it's going back to the breakdown. And the person that I knew that could answer that question was because I was at, he, he about a couple of weeks ago, he had his pool party. So as I was there at the pool party, Young Fathers of, of Central Florida, I was on the phone talking to someone kind of like what we're talking about now. And so they asked the question, they asked the question like, when did it start to shift? When did this thing start to break down? I said, hold on, hold on. I got I got a person about 20 feet away from me that I can go over there and ask that question. So I walked over to Haki and I said, Haki, I have somebody here on the phone asking me the shift. When did this thing start to break down? When did we start it to fall behind in this thing where we're letting this other generation down. And he said it was the early 90s. Um, whatever that is and how that ever came to be because there, there started to be a shift. And I'll give you an example. And you, and you might be able to relate to this because one of the things that he will sit here, <laughs> and we, it, it's funny, but it's not funny, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So, we were talking about, and he would be a great person to 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 interview because he he I mean he data down he got statistics he because he's in the mix he's right in the middle of it and he has the passion and he can tell you so many things about that world that he lives in uh, mm-hmm. with these young young fathers and these relationships. So I said, and he, and I've heard him talk about this over a period of years at some of the meetings with these young fathers. So I said, so when did this thing start to break down? He said it was in the early 90s, you know, around around that time. But also you have to understand, when I say this you probably w- will understand, is that, you know, when you walked the neighborhood or you went anywhere, when you looked over there you saw Big, big Mama on mm-hmm. the front porch. And Big Mama mm-hmm. was on the front porch. She was in that swing, and she was in that rocking chair. Well, Big Mama was the grandmother, and however she was maybe about sixty or something or older or whatever. Well, Big Mama is not Big Mama no more because Grandmother is in her thirties now. Mm-hmm. And then, so where Grant, where Big Mama uh, was a grandmother. And she was like 60-some years old, 50, 60-some years old. Grandmothers are in their 30s now. And they're and, working. They're not sitting on the porch. But 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 it's the babies raising babies. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest, going back to the village. And so b- between the social media, our example, and I'm pretty sure you've heard this, because I've asked this question because I was like, I don't understand because I come from a family or a situation. 
So, and I've been observing this for years, and I ask the question, and they look at me like I'm crazy. And that is an example. If you're sitting in church and you got these kids in there, all of a sudden you need devices for the kids to be quiet or you got to entertain them. Where we was told, be quiet and shut up. There was that was it. <laughs> and so when you look at them now and say, "Well, what happened to just telling them to be quiet and be still?" and they look at you like you're mm-hmm. crazy, like that no, no, is no, not no, even uh-huh. possible. It's, no, 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 that's no. not I, even I, possible. I look at this too. I look at that too, and I'm like, "And you're bringing cereal in church." Yeah. Right. And I mean, I mean, it's real, but it's like, okay, there's something wrong (laughs) where we didn't have a choice. And when we were told in plain English, or they give you that look, you like, "Uh, okay. Or you knew like, oh, I'm in trouble. When we get home. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's no consequences. You know, right. I mean, you know, and uh, that's the thing. Because, yeah, I remember it's like, yeah, you, you can't do that, you know, because so, when you but, get but, home, but, they're going to be worse but, consequences than just a look. But and, and then the thing of it is, too, this is something that I say and I – there's another gentleman that I, because I've done this at my summit maybe five times. I've had this workshop at least five times. And that is, what do you do if you stop by law enforcement? That's always, like, you can't go wrong with that. So over the years and years, I've, we, I mean, I've had law enforcement come, come in, the city, the sheriff department. We set up the different scenarios, and we go through these different stops. And so we act it out where you, you're being stopped by a bad cop. You're being stopped by a good cop. You wanted a person, you're being stopped, and you're not being cooperative. Are you being cooperative? And so we give examples of, like, I was part of when I was with the Urban League for working with them for many years. I haven't worked with them for a while. But they, but um, they was part of the black on black crime, you know, convention that was actually put on by the state. And we've had law enforcement officers come and talk to these kids that were from all around the state, and they let them know we know that there's bad officers out there. We know that you're being racially pro profile because they were giving examples themselves. There was about eight of them on the panel. And they were they 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 told the story that they was at a conference, and they got pulled over, and they had to get out of their car and get on the ground, and it it had just finished raining and the ground was muddy, and they're trying to explain to them that who they were, and the police officers didn't want to listen to them, so they try to give examples, but my important thing that I try to let them know. You are, you would never, ever, ever 
win that battle. That's not the place to fight it. Things are set up for you not to win it. That You have to fight that another way. Because if you go up against that cop, the odds are you're not going to make it home. And you're, you are to make it home. So whatever happened, you get to fight it the right way. So I try to emphasize to them and the cops, and, and we go through what we go through, but somehow or another, whatever that is, it ends up being what it is sometimes. But you, you, I try so hard to emphasize to them there's no place to try to fight that situation other than with your mind to say, you know what, I need to just make it home. Because you're not going to win, ever. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so yeah. and it's not about right or wrong, because if he's wrong, he's wrong. But that's not the place to fight it. And, and it's been proven time and time and time again. And what happens is they're wrong. And you may win a lawsuit and you may pro protest and da 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 but the bottom line is the person's now gone. You know, yeah. and it happens over and over and over and over again versus, you know what, that's not the place to fight it because you're not going to win. You again, the family may win some money, but you have lost it. You have lost a loved one, and that person may be fired or may be taken to jail or whatever. But that's not the place to fight it. You're just not going to win it. But Youth Central Connection will. We will continue. We're 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 working on uh, the summit for next year. One of the things that we're working on, we part we're partnering with the uh, um, an organization called Modeling with the Mission. And we're going to use that tool. Uh, they use that tool as part of modeling with the mission to help build self-confidence with 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 kids, um, to help uh, them with their self-esteem. And all mm-hmm. we try to do is that we just try to help them learn life skills, learn how to be able to deal with conflict, deal with the highs and lows and the reality of life, and try to instill in them to try to find a purpose and to understand who God is and what is expected of us and that we should, you should love yourself, be forgiving to yourself, but also just be proud in a manner in which you can say and understand that regardless of what or whomever you are somebody, but it starts with you and it shouldn't start with things. These things should not be say who you are, because without them, you should be the same as always. And I will say this right here. Um, one of the problems we have, I think, of the culture of people color, is that there's nothing wrong with emphasizing this and that when it comes to your color. But I think we mm-hmm. have to emphasize it. I think we have to emphasize it so much because we believe the hype. We believe what they told us. What we did, what we have a problem understanding is the day that you was born, you was great. God made you great the day you were born. And under his eyes, you have always been great because he created you. So, yeah, I did this because, but he is the one who opened He's the one who created you. And in his eyes, you were great the day you was birthed. And you need to understand that. You can't go by man's eyes. Go by your creator who created you because you were born great. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of the 
issues that we have to try to emphasize in people to learn because I think the more we believe what we were taught and handed down to us to make us think that we're less than, then more we have to emphasize something that was already there from the very beginning because we didn't believe it from the start. Mm-hmm. So, so I, yes. we got a few minutes left, so I want to mm-hmm. ask you, what does Youth Central Connection need in order to do the work? What do you need in the way of volunteers? Um, what about financing? What are the things that you need? Tell me that real quick. Well, I just want what I would like for Youth Central to really become more of people coming together to try to put our minds together to figure out how we can better help our our um, kids in our society. That's that's what I would like more than anything. Money is always great, but it needs to go in the right places to do the right thing. Uh, you can always volunteer. You can always don't donate. But I'm trying to work with others to say how can we better serve the village? How can we make a better village? That's what I would like to see happen. You know, I want to. So how how do so how do people connect with you, Central Connection? How do we reach out? Well, how do we get? Well, you can go to the site, and then you can you can reach out. You can go to youthcentralconnection.com, and you can connect with us there. Or you can always call at 407-579-8966. Okay. All right. As a matter of fact, starting, I just finished up my summit. We're going to start planning for the summit in June or July next year. We're going to start it. We're going to start in January. Okay. So, All right. So that's what we want to do. We, we're going to do it during the summer of next year. All right. And we're going to have at least um, maybe because I always I, I would always do a workshop for boys, girls, and parents. Then we come together for one workshop. Okay. And so one of my favorite workshops for the girls was if you raise the bar, you'll raise their pants. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can enough said. I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you need yeah, to do that, that one was, again. That was, yeah, yeah. If you raise the bar, they would raise they would raise their pants. Oh goodness gracious! I, yes, please. <laughs> and I'm trust not gonna me, say anymore. Trust me. trust me, we will follow suit when it comes to you. Every time. Okay. Yeah, honest, I don't think I really about. don't think young ladies realize that, you know. And I was a really insecure young woman, and then you know, you want to be popular, you want to be liked, and everything like that, but. You got to have a certain amount of, of decorum. You have to have a certain amount of self-respect. So, yeah. and that that's key. That's crucial. You know. Right. You, so you got to value you, yourself first. And that is not going to come from me. I'm going to yeah. value you how you value you. <laughs> right. Right. Mr. Morris, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You have a blessed day, and we will have you back on soon. Take care. All right. Thank. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Tomorrow, we are going to talk with a young woman because Monday was uh, World Family Day. 
we are going to talk a little bit about what family means and how how we keep the family together and some other related issues. So join us tomorrow. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.